Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-hosts Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. We're going to start right off with the congressman, the only congressman that has the Super Bowl champion in his district, <laughs> and that is nothing than uh, Congressman Emanuel Cleaver II. Uh, the Kansas City Chief after 50 years and the third black quarterback to win it was Doug Williams, Russell Wilson. Should have been Russell Wilson twice, but I'll leave that up to the coach for calling that pass play. And then Pat Mahomes. So, uh, Congressman, you got to be proud to have the Super Bowl winner in your district. You know, there's so much pride uh, in, in my heart, So, because I've been here for a while. And uh, I, I was with the, the current mayor uh, at, a, at an event earlier today where uh, the news uh, person said, uh, to Mayor Lucas, uh, you know, God smiled on you. You were... You ended up becoming uh, elected at the right time. He's been in office for four months. Oh, and wow. uh, he said, you know, uh, the mayor, uh, mayor Cleaver was in office for eight years. Uh, they never won a Super Bowl. <laughs> and so uh, I said, well, I, you know, I think it doesn't require much uh, uh, ingenuity to say I set it up for him. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I, you know, the city is on fire. We had a parade yesterday, uh, and uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of people uh, were uh, marching, uh, sitting, uh, running. Uh, it was just uh, an amazing uh, time for, for Kansas City yesterday. Well, that was, that was great. So uh, it wasn't that amazing in Washington, D.C. yesterday, so we're going to segue into the current state of affairs. And before we went on the air, Hayward and I were talking with you about uh, how does your people feel seeing all this evidence. Now, I understand, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I understand there's a possibility that Congressman Jerry Nadler might call uh, a subpoena John Bolton up here before the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, there's there's a, a lot of frustration. Uh, you know, um, people are complaining that uh, African Americans and Latinos uh, have routinely gone to uh, to, to uh, like been convicted and gone to jail, for that matter, uh, on a lot less evidence than what was available for a decision uh, by the Senate. And um, and I, I you know I, I I I hate to see people frustrated in the in, in democracy. Uh, because this is a, after all, this is a, this is an experiment. We're still trying to figure out whether or not this is going to work. And uh, I, I, I can say, uh, I think, uh, that there are uh, there are some signs that it, it's not working quite well for for everyone. Um, and and the when when uh, someone brags about uh, the fact that it's not working uh, and when someone you know actually begins to uh, flaunt uh, uh, things that, that, that he's done uh, that most people would have gone to jail for that doesn't do much for uh, democracy I, I'm I, I think we, we, we gotta those of us who believe as I just mentioned that the, our democracy, didn't go on trial in the Senate. I mean, that, I, that the president go, didn't go on trial in the Senate. Our, our democracy went on trial. 
and uh, uh, we, we 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 are in a situation right now where I really, really, honestly, deep down, believe that uh, our our democracy is being tested to the point where people around the globe are are looking at us and making decisions on uh, what how they believe uh, what they believe about the United States. Uh, it's not what. Uh, it, we're not. We're not. Um, we're not showing the world that we're the uh, the moral leaders of the planet in any way. We're we're just uh, kind of like any other uh, you know nation around the world uh, where people fight for power, and if they get the power, they, they they can exempt themselves from the laws that impact everybody else. And, and do you think, uh, now we know that uh, everybody said you can't have a fair trial without witnesses. And at the House, we know the witnesses, except for the civil servants, uh, the witnesses uh, didn't show up that had the information. And so now folks are saying, and I was just wondering if you heard anything any different, uh, whether or not that uh, uh, John Bolton will be subpoenaed to appear before a House committee, I think it's the Judiciary Committee. Yeah, I, um, you know, um, well, first of all, let me, let me say, uh, uh, Eddie Rye and Emmanuel Cleaver, uh, in a, in a, in a trial without witnesses, uh, probably, uh, are, are going to go, uh, to jail, uh, and, and if they, uh, put us on trial, we probably still go to jail, jail with witnesses. But to think that, and I, I, what I would like for your listeners to think about is that the reason they we did not have witnesses is because uh, clearly uh, the the the, uh, the supporters of, of our president were afraid, and rightfully so, that had witnesses come forth, they uh, the, 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 they would have convicted the president. It would have been there would have been no way that Mitch McConnell could have kept his um, his guys uh, from from voting. I mean, he, they, they 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 even though they wouldn't have wanted to, they would have had to vote uh, for for conviction because the people at home, the people of goodwill at home, would never have have accepted it, and a lot of those guys would have uh, lost their seats, and some of them still may. Uh, but you know, whenever things like this happen, there's always some good news out of it. First of all, uh, I, I was telling some of my colleagues, we know never to trust uh, anything that Susan Collins tells us, uh, as she tries to pretend that she is uh, a moderate. Uh, and also, um, uh, we we learn that you know uh, something that is basic in law school. Uh, your daughter would 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 be able to uh, reflect on this a lot a lot better, and that is nobody who is innocent, nobody who is innocent would say I don't want any witnesses. Somebody who's innocent is saying, look, I, I want to bring all every every witness we can find. You know, I I, I want people to know I I did nothing. Oh, that's what when you're innocent, when you're guilty, uh, you know you don't want any witnesses. And that's what uh, we just went through. And it's a sad day for the country. And I think 
we're going to we're going to we're, we're going to pay for this in terms of um, our reputation around the globe. Uh, henceforth, we're we're not going to be able to uh, issue moral pronounce, pronunciations uh, on, on other com- countries uh, when something happens there, when something undemocratic happens, uh, when they arrest the journalist. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we, the, we are now the center for uh, for uh, fake news. Uh, uh, as it is being pro- proclaimed by the president, this is not one of our finest hours, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's unfortunate because I think uh, the world is a very dangerous place right now, and we don't have the moral power, the moral persuasion, uh, to speak to the issues. Well, Congressman, just like you were saying earlier, that uh, your for your constituency, it's like um, it's like smoke justice. There's there's no substance to it. And when you refer to if it was you and Eddie in court, you 90% of black folks plea bargain because they can't afford decent attorneys. So they end, they end up in jail. But the witnesses, I remember when the uh, number 45 was calling for his witnesses. He said, yeah, no problem. I want everybody to testify. Then he puts a gag order on them. But I'm going to change it just a little bit. I want to ask you, what do you think about the, this new travel ban on Nigerians that they're pushing? Nigerians, uh, uh, Tanzanians, Eritreans. What's going on with this guy, the president? Well, the the, the president, uh, I, I can't be uh, I can't be completely objective about about this in the first place because I have uh, relatives, a lot of them, uh, in Tanzania, and what Americans call wrongly Tanzania, but uh, and they have not they, they're not uh, he has not listed Tanzania, but they may. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he if we hear an announcement that Africa from the continent. Uh, or are no longer able to, to come in, um, and so I am uh, furious, and, and and all people of color. I, I, I was talking with a Latino friend of mine, and I said, "Look, I hope everybody understands. Uh, you know, when people go hunting for uh, uh, rabbits, they're after rabbits. They're not after brown rabbits or uh, white rabbits or." Polka dot rabbits after rabbits, and any rabbit whose head comes up uh, is going to get it blown off. And and we're in a situation right now where uh, the issue uh, is not just black or brown, uh, but obviously uh, people of color. And and the dumbest thing we can do as people of color uh, is to fail uh, 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 to to support one another uh, in the struggle. Uh, that we are all that we both are in. Well, you know how you mentioned Susan Collins. You know she's just trying to cover her derriere, amen. But uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you the upcoming 2020 elections. What should we be looking uh, forward to seeing, particularly in light of the Senate race? We got to take back that Senate and maintain the House. Uh, I, I, I think uh, things will have to go dramatically uh, bad for. Uh, Democrats to lose the House. That, you know, this is politics, so anything is possible. Uh, and and uh, uh, between now and November uh, is a long time. Uh, but right now, uh, I would say we're in a good spot to uh, uh, Democrats, I'm saying we. Democrats are in a good spot uh, to retain uh, the House. Um we probably 
um, it's a little tenuous uh, to factor in the Senate. Mm. Uh, but uh, but look, we we can still pull this thing off. We had a 13 percent drop in the black vote uh, in the last presidential election. Mm. Uh, a 13 percent drop between President Obama's last election and the uh, election uh, during which uh, President Trump was uh, was uh, elected. Um, so, I mean, these are some these are some tough times, and I I, I think um, uh, one of the things, and I know there are organizations trying to do this, uh, trying to to put uh, programs together to register and try to get out the vote, and understanding that there will be, that not maybe, there will be an, an attempt uh, to uh, suppress the black vote. In other words, they want, uh, there will be an attempt to get uh, African Americans in particular angry uh, so that they will stay out. And that's, that was the strategy that the Russians uh, used uh, uh, three years ago. Uh, they, had, they would run ads out of Russia, trying to convince black people not to vote by uh, talking about, you know, uh, how horrible uh, the Democratic Party had been to African Americans, and uh, I'm not I'm not uh, defending the Democratic Party by by any means, mm-hmm. uh, but but the point was uh, was to uh, you know get uh, black people so frustrated. Uh, and people would say, oh, I'm just not going to vote. Yeah. And if that happens uh, this year, we, we are in uh, serious, serious trouble, my friend. Yeah. Well, Congressman, another thing I want to mention is that we saw during uh, the State of the Union address by President Donald J. Trump, he honored black folks and high, raised black folks up, but then turned right around and gave the arch bigot the Congressional Medal of Freedom to Rush Limbaugh. I mean, I just can't say that's just one extreme to the next. All the stuff he had did for black folks, he turned right back around. I guess it's like Charlottesville. Good people on both sides. So it was just absolutely yeah. me. I just thought, what did you think about that? Well, I, I, I know Russ uh, Limbaugh from days when he lived here. He, uh, he and I were both uh, individuals who, uh, Ewan Kaufman, who, uh, who founded the Kansas City Royals and who owned the, the, the team, uh, um, he was our mentor, both Rush and me. Rush was probably making $25,000 uh, a year uh, uh, with the Kansas City Royals. Uh, and then, uh, of course, I woke up one morning, he was in uh, uh, in the news uh, uh, out of uh, uh, um, California making $300 million and uh, Rush, uh, unfortunately, has been the most divisive yeah. personality in the United States uh, over the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, you know, I used to uh, think that he was a, a, when he was here, you know, he's just another good, uh, good guy that I knew. And, and then he just, I don't know what happened. But I think the president wanted to send a message uh, that he's in charge. And if he says somebody is... Uh, you know, good for America. They are good for America. He could care less uh, what I think or, or what you guys think. I mean, uh, I don't think there was any um, any hesitation on his part to, to, 
to use uh, Rush Limbaugh as a, a means of uh, making us uh, understand that he's in charge. I mean, I, I and it's very sad uh, from my uh, point of view. It's very, very sad. You know, the uh, other thing, Congressman, is that uh, all during the impeachment here, you kept hearing Republicans talk about it. we need to be about the business of the people, uh, rebuilding the infrastructure, the roads and stuff. And uh, they got 400-plus bills sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk to do that. And I just can't see how they keep getting away with misleading people. But I guess if they want to be misled, they're going to be misled. But it's amazing well, that, that all these bills, the repair of the infrastructure, secure our voting, everything, is on Mitch McConnell's desk and have been moved. That, that's right. Uh, and Joseph Thaubert said yesterday on his show on, on, on uh, uh, Morning Joe, he said, he believes that what the media has to do, and I agree with him, uh, whether it's CBC, uh, 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 CBS, uh, NBC, uh, ABC, not just the, the the cable channels, when the president says something that that is a lie, they need to say they report it because it's the president. You report what he says, and then uh, they have to say uh, that's just not true. And one of the things that came to mind, uh, listening to the president talk about what he had done for the HBCU, I hope people in Seattle understand that that was a member of the CBC who uh, sponsored that legislation. The Future Act. And I also supported it, along with Mark Morial and others. Yeah. That, that's right. Uh, David Scott, who is uh, from Georgia, uh, has been working, had been working on that uh, for a few years. I was one of the co-sponsors, but i got to give him credit. He's the one who got up every morning and worked on that legislation. Uh, and, and we talk about young people. Uh, I want to have uh, Bobby Alexander, yeah. our congressman. He's one of our young leaders. He's the vice chair of the C.L. Martin Luther King Committee and just joined, just finished uh, his uh, studies at Michigan State University Law School. Could we bring Bo oh, Bobby on? Bobby, are you on? Yeah, I'm on. Okay, yeah. I was just uh, telling Congressman Cleaver you had well, he was the co-chair of the MLK committee three years ago, and he went to law school, and now he's back, and he's the vice chair, but he's one of our young leaders, Congressman. How old was Angela when you hired her to be the executive director of uh, the CVC? Oh, uh, she had to be. Is that 2011? Yeah, 2010. Okay, well, yeah, so anyway. <laughs> so she was she was thirty. I think Bobby's about twenty nine or thirty. Yeah, she was thirty. We didn't and we didn't. I didn't bring anybody on over thirty. Hmm. Uh, because well, she didn't. She hired the CBC staff. Um, she didn't bring any, but it was fine with me. She went out and found brilliant young, young uh, uh, African American men and women and brought them on, put them on the staff of the Congressional Black Caucus. And uh, uh, I, I think that's what we all have to do. Yeah, Benny Congressman Benny Thompson way. does the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, bring it Thompson. He bring them in. They get trained, make their connections, and he move on out to more responsible and a higher position. So that's a good thing. So, uh, but yeah. I just wanted Bobby Alexander to meet you, Congressman, because he's one of our young leaders. Matter of fact, we'll be going down to Olympia on Tuesday yeah. to try to secure funding for. Uh, a, a, it really stopped the gentrification of building. Originally was the OIC, Opportunity Industrialization Center. And, you know, in 80, Ronald Reagan cut all the money out. So now that's coming right. back to our community as the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority. 
and it's being named for Reverend Dr. Samuel Berry McKinney. He's responsible for bringing OIC to Seattle. So uh, we're trying to do some things like that. So I got to talk to Congressman Bobby Scott because he's the chair of the committee on uh, education, labor, and training. That's right. <laughs> so That's right. we're going to try to get some bucks from him. But anyway, Bobby, I wanted you to, to meet Congressman Cleaver by phone and want right. to see if, if, uh, if you had any uh, questions or comments for the congressman. Well, I guess uh, the question or comment that I would have for the congressman, it, it pertains to what's happening here in Seattle with the shootings downtown. You know, I, I just wonder if the people in Congress understand that the answer to that is, is not more law enforcement, but instead is more investment uh, in, in, in entrepreneurship for young people and internships and the trade, putting them back in the public schools, giving some of our uh, people who feel disenfranchised in education an alternate route so they do not have to get into illicit uh, activities. So I just wonder if that's something that all of the people in Congress understand or just the black people. <laughs> so that, yeah, that's the uh, question. That good, that's, that's a good question. It's a good concern uh, to, to, to uh, express to, to all of us. Um, what we do, we have a, a, a CBC intern program at the uh, CBCF, the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation. Uh, it's an intern pro- internship, and um, and that program uh, is aimed at getting young African Americans uh, involved uh, in in the offices of members. For example, Angela Rye from Seattle went to work for. Uh, the legendary Maxine Waters uh, in Los Angeles. And uh, we also have, uh, this may not be of of that much interest to you, but we also have the CDC Institute. Now, don't get them confused with the CBC. These are all offshoots of the CBC. And the the Congressional Black uh, Caucus Institute, uh, we have annually have a, a CBC boot camp where we bring in young people from all over the country uh, who uh, are trained uh, on in politics and, mm-hmm. and how to run elections. And we have people who graduated, uh, including people from right here in Kansas City. We have a, a guy who became the president of the Kansas City School Board. We have another woman who uh, uh, went to the, the state senate uh, and another who is uh, becoming a king or queen maker here in the community. So we're trying to do it. The problem is, of course, in the, in, in the old days, not your day, uh, but in the old days, uh, we, the, the news was centralized, and so it was easy to get, uh, you know, if something goes on, you you, re, you pick up Ebony uh, and Jet, and you find out about all the CBC programs and so forth. Uh, nowadays, it's a little more difficult. Uh, we try to take advantage of Facebook and, and uh, you know other online methods of communicating to uh, uh, the public, but um, it's a, it's, a, it's a new world, it's a different day, uh, and uh, I think we are uh, still struggling to figure out you know new ways in which we can communicate uh, uh, to you and with you. Uh, so last week we had a, a CBC call for leaders from around the country uh, to come to Washington, and we had people. Uh, packed into our new convention center uh, from all over all over the country. Did Ezra uh, moderate a panel? Yeah, right. Yes, yes, she was she, she was involved. Okay. So 
you know, we're we're trying to to, to do that and and get the message out and uh, and then of course I think you you've got to benefit when you have uh, Eddie Rye on on the radio mm-hmm. uh, with 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 no hesitation about presenting the truth. Uh, and that's how I got involved uh, uh, years ago uh, through uh, Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Uh, back immediately after Dr. King was killed, uh, some of those guys embraced me, Fred Shuttlesworth, Ralph Abernathy, Joe Lowry. And, but for them, I would not be where I am, and I will never forget it and never try to take uh, credit myself. Well, uh, Bobby, uh, pastor, uh, uh, Congressman Cleaver was a pastor of a very large church yeah. in Kansas City. But I really think, uh, Congressman Cleaver, if you could uh, highlight some of the legislation that might address some of Bobby's issues, like what is being on Mitch McConnell's desk right now that can prove voting uh, security and other things for the inner city, including because you start rebuilding the infrastructure, you create jobs and other opportunities. Could you share with Bobby and our listeners what is sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk that could have an impact on black communities and other communities across the country? Well, first, I'll have to mention, uh, you know, uh, we have legislation that would uh, uh, reduce the cost of drug prices. It was almost laughable to hear the president yeah. talk about that because, well, uh, let me tell you about the legislation. Uh, um, right now, we pay more for former circles than any country on the planet. And right. uh, the reason is uh, we're, we allow our country uh, – to pay for research and development with other pharmaceutical companies. So when they, you know, the, whatever amount of money it takes, and it's always into the billions, to create a new drug that's helpful and life-saving, uh, they, then what the companies can do is uh, is, is force uh, you and me to pay for it. Mm. Well, we're the only country on the planet that could that, that happen. So that's why you hear about people driving over into Canada uh, to buy uh, the, the, the pharmaceuticals, uh, and it's a uh, it's a sad uh, a situation. Uh, but uh, we passed a bill that that no longer uh, can you uh, do that. Can you charge uh, R and D uh, on 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 the drug? But maybe most importantly uh, for um, for you, for for all of us, uh, because it, uh, we all pay the cost of this. Uh, and that is, the the federal government has prohibited, and this is almost sinful, has prohibited uh, Medicare Medicare uh, from negotiating with pharmaceutical companies. And that is, you know, uh, uh, let's say uh, drug A uh, uh, is, is used by 40 million people. And so because Medicare uh, has uh, as members all those 40 million people, and they go to, they go to the drug company, the pharmaceutical company, and say, hey, uh, look, uh, we're, we're buying 95% of your product, and we want a 30% drop in the, in the cost of these uh, uh, pharmaceuticals that people need to control diabetes or, or whatever. And... Right. Uh, and those companies would have no no choice but to begin to drop the prices because the the the, the, the alternative is no business. I mean, we could buy those same drugs from Canada. We don't have as much trust in in the Canadian drugs, but we could buy them elsewhere. 
And so uh, that, that's, that's just uh, an example of the bills that are already approved. What I'm talking about now is not a bill that I'm hoping uh, that we can uh, uh, have, get introduced. It passed. They passed the House. Listen to me. They passed the House of Representatives, which means they set, they're sent on to the Senate uh, for the Senate to uh, uh, approve, and then they send it to the president. Uh, we have that and uh, 300 other pieces of legislation that are sitting on the desk of Mitch McConnell today. Uh, and uh, uh, n- there's no pressure. The, the people who elected him, I guess, are okay uh, with what he's doing, which is, is, is just, you know, it, it, the word was in, in, in what I do, it would be the worst thing I could call it is sinful. Hey, well, Congressman, sinful. before you go, I want to see if Bobby has any comments or questions before you retire. You gave us a half an hour. We certainly appreciate it. Bobby, do you have any comments for the uh, Congressman before he, he clicks off? Uh, I guess the only thing I would say is that it's really interesting to me what you were saying about the, the R&D uh, piece, because one of the things that Donald Trump really ran on was talking about making better deals for the American people. Uh, and so that kind of represents this great irony that this administration has, and that he has protected or created good deals, but it's only for the corporations and not necessarily uh, for the people. So I oh, think that that's the takeaway from uh, that story you were telling. Yeah, you're you're absolutely on on, on target, and and, uh, and because of your thinking power, we need people like you coming behind us now, because uh, nowadays in in Congress are or limited. Uh, I'm limiting them myself, um, and uh, hopefully uh, I will be able to help shepherd uh, some African Americans. My, my congressional district is only about 18 percent black, so uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, a challenge, uh, but one that I think we we have to face. And and having young people like you, articulate uh, and and able to come up with uh, with appropriate and tough questions is something that should make every uh, African American who loves uh, uh, himself and our people quite proud. Okay, Congressman, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Bobby, hold on for a minute. We want you to update on the local MLK committee. Thank you, Congressman Cleaver. We appreciate you. All right. Good to be with you. Okay. Bye. Okay, Bobby Alexander was elected vice chair of the Seattle MLK Organizing Coalition on Tuesday. Shade Moore was elected, uh, re-elected as uh, chair. And, Bobby, we have a, a new secretary. I think you know her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. my uh, my girlfriend who recently graduated from uh, Michigan State's uh, James Madison Honors College in political science, she uh she graduated with a degree in social policy and relations. She's new to Seattle, but uh, got her involved, and she's the secretary now. And I think Kendra Liddell is the treasurer. Yeah, Kendra is the treasurer, yeah. And I guess Jean's going to be the, the maestro or the mistress of everything dealing with uh, any kind of publicity and stuff like that because she's been doing an outstanding job. But I know she does need some help. It's, you know, the committee is growing, and the demands are great. And it'll be really yeah. good when we uh, – get the building on 22nd and Jackson to have a permanent home for the CLMLK committee, not just on Tuesday nights, but every day because we need a whole bunch of Martin Luther King work done uh, given the current 
state of affairs in this country. You're right. Yeah, I think the event just gets more important every year, especially in the Central District, to have that event there. And, you know, it gets harder every year to, to bring our community, you know, to bring African Americans into the event because they're further and further south. So it really is important for us to have a home base, a yes. permanent one. Yes, yeah. yeah, so they just got to come back to the hood. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Bobby, anyway, man, um, we're going to have you on regularly. Uh, uh, we look forward to you and Sade and others coming down to Olympia with Hayward and I in support of the McKinney Coalition's uh, efforts to get uh, the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development. Hayward, you had to come yeah, in? Yeah, and Bobby, you're going to be a speaker at the, uh, at the Black History Month second anniversary of the MLK Park Treaty Lighting Ceremony. You're going to be speaking and sharing with folks about uh, Seattle um, Martin Luther King organizing coalition and, and your accomplishments, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it needs to be about me, but we can, you know, we'll talk about the what we've accomplished as a group and kind of the potential yeah. that this event has. You know, okay. it can be it can be bigger every year. Uh, it can be more impactful, and hopefully, you know, next year is the 40th celebration. I would love to to have people reach out, whether it be Angela or or contact and bring somebody in, you know, at a national level. Yes. Uh, to, Maybe to Martin Luther King the Third and Angela. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Are we yeah. Let me do okay, it. Bobby. We want to thank you. We'll be uh, talking to you soon, and we'll see you Tuesday, and we'll talk to you before then for logistical purposes. All right, Eddie. Thank you for thank your time, you. my leader. No okay. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. We're gonna take a quick break and uh, come back with Lanisha De Bartleman who is executive director of the Northwest African American Museum. Step up your commute and ride light. Sound Transit's new Capitol Hill and University of Washington Link Light Rail stations are now open. Get around town faster and more reliably than ever. Ride now from the University of Washington to Capitol Hill in just four minutes or continue on to Westlake Station in just eight minutes. Find lots of helpful information on how to ride, how to get an ORCA card, and more at ulink2016.org. Link Light Rail. More stations, more places. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Got Eric on the boards rocking the house. But before we uh, want to just say that Urban Forum Northwest is brought to you by the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, Sound Transit Small Business Development and Labor Compliance Office, the Port of Seattle's Construction Service, uh, Purchasing Construction Services Office, uh, Concourse Concessions with Dave Fukuhara, SeaTac Bar Group LLC, with the two Desert Storm veterans, Jerry Whitsett and Rod O'Neill, Stephanie Ogle from Solstice Media does our work. Uh, technology and uh, Rumba Notes every Thursday. Look for LaTanya Nichelle at Rumba Notes Lounge for the best live music in town. Uh, our next guest is uh, the, the distinguished, illustrious executive director of the Northwest African American Museum, Lanisha DeBartola Ben. I say, did I say it right, Lanisha? You said it perfectly. All Good right, afternoon, now, Eddie and <laughs> You got a lot of things going on this month. And matter of fact, we're going to be talking to, to uh, one of your exhibitors, Hiawatha D., when we finish talking to you. Excellent. So why don't you uh, just go ahead and, for our listeners that don't know you, just a little bit about your background, and then let's talk about what you've been doing. I've really been just overwhelmed with, with, with uh, gladness to see all the things you've been doing since you've been there. Thank you so much. We are just excited and delighted about NAM, the Northwest African American Museum, and our community and what we're doing and where we are going. 
just excited. We have a full lineup of programs and exhibitions for Black History Month um, and just thrilled to engage with our community in meaningful ways. And uh, this is a special month because it's Black History Month. And there's an event that's uh, this evening. Absolutely. Starting tonight, our Black History Month program kicks off tonight with Dear Iconic Black Sister, Your Healing is History Making. It is going to be uh, a, a love to oneself letter writing experience led by art therapist Delicia Phillips, um, Hiawatha T, and Veronica Berry are um, instrumental in um, helping to bring programs that elevate the iconic black woman Ain't I a Woman exhibition, and this program is a part of that exhibition. It's tonight, Thursday, February 6th at 6 p.m. And then our next Black History Month program is on this Sunday, uh, February 9th at 3 p.m. We'll be doing a film screening of a powerful film called The Black Power Mixtape, and it is a documentary that is not to be missed that explores the evolution of um, the Black Power and the Black Panthers movement. We'll have a talk back um, featuring the, uh, the voices and experiences of Seattle Black Panthers, including um, Naeem Sharif will be on the panel discussion, Vanetta Molson-Turner, Rael. Uh, we're going to have a powerful talk back after that film, and that's on Sunday at 3 o'clock. And that, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you got as the picture, uh, is that Angela, Angela Davis? It is. That's yeah. Angela Davis. Well, last that's year, my daughter, who I named Angela for, <laughs> got a chance to meet Angela Davis at UCLA, and I had a picture of them on my Facebook page. Powerful. <laughs> we are so <laughs> delighted. And then our Black History Month programming continues the day before Valentine's Day on Thursday the 13th at 7 p.m. We're going to have a session on black love, loving black. Mm-hmm. It's a part of our No Small Talk series in partnership with the UW School of Social Work. And then our month culminates on Saturday, February 29 at 2 p.m. with descendants coming to Seattle to talk about their ancestors. It's a part of our new series called the Descendants Series, where we bring living descendants of notable African-American civil rights figures and activists to Seattle for conversation. And this month, we are bringing seven descendants of enslaved freedom seekers from the 19th century who were Mm. peers to Frederick Douglass to talk about their ancestors. So the great-great-grandchildren of Dred Scott and Solomon Northrup and William and Ellen Craft, there will be seven of them coming to Seattle, and Mm. this is going to be a powerhouse of history and destiny. Well, you know, uh, at the Congressional Black Caucus last year, Dr. E. Faye Williams, the National Congress of Black Women, I had a chance to meet... uh, uh, Sojourner Truth's uh, uh, relatives, as well as uh, Madam C.J. Walker's great-granddaughter. But also, Hiawatha Davis is on the other line. Can we put Hiawatha on? Hiawatha, how you doing? Good, how you doing, Eddie? Okay, Lanisha's on the other line, so I want to put all y'all together. <laughs> so she's, okay. she gave us all the information about what's coming, and you're on t- today at 6 o'clock, so we want to hear from you on what can people expect. Okay. Go ahead and yeah. share, share it with us, brother. Oh, so uh, thank you for having me, uh, Mr. Rod. So today at the museum, it's the Iconic Black Women Collection. We're just going to uh, have a nice uh, walk and talk. We'll just kind of go through the, the collection, 
uh, how it's laid out, you know, with our ancestors, elders, and queens. Um, talk about how the collection came about, the work that I do with my wife, Veronica Berry, and just, uh, uh, just uh, thanking the community for receiving the collection uh, the way that they have. And uh, now you've been uh, involved with the, the Northwest African American Museum on several other occasions, so you've 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 been there, and and you're well known, Hiawatha D. As a matter of fact, I'll let everybody know that Hiawatha's father, and my father, were Pullman porters at the same at, back in the day. Yeah, that was a while ago. The only union a brother could belong to. Yes, right. That's right. The Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. Yeah, so great history. So so the uh, so the art therapist tonight. Delicia, I think uh, uh, it's going to be a great, great, great opportunity for people to engage and just kind of connect with, with, with us as a, as a people, us as our history and our future and our present, uh, just, just us as, and the excellence that we bring to the, to the community. And I'm just glad to be a part of it. And we are so glad to have Hiawatha D and this exhibition here at NAM. It is a beautiful exhibition, and tonight's program will really bring that to the surface tonight. So, uh, Hiawatha, are you uh, exhibiting anywhere else? And are you uh, familiar with uh, Ashby Reed and those guys? What are, what's the name of their? Oh, yeah. So I know Ashby. That's yeah. what you're talking about over at Onyx. I know those yeah, guys Onyx. very right. well. Yeah. Um, very well. It's very, it's very good to get to know Onyx and their gallery in there. In their program, they feature uh, many different artists, black artists from the Pacific Northwest over at the Pacific Place um, uh, Mall downtown Seattle. Uh, I know Ernie and Ashley both are, are, are you know, longtime artists in the area. Uh, but at the moment, we're just exhibiting at the NAM, at the African American Museum. We want to give our full attention um, and energy to this exhibit um, with Manisha and and the group, her team over there. It's uh, and we want to get people out and make sure that they connect and reconnect with the African American Museum here in Seattle. It's a, it's an important place to visit, know, join, right, and engage. That's right. And Lanisha and her crew are doing an outstanding job. Hiawatha. Yes. You can say that again. So Lanisha, before we go, I want to give you the last word since you are the distinguished, illustrious executive director of NAM. Oh, thank you so much, Eddie. No, we are together doing great things. The team is moving uh, moving us forward. We just encourage folks to uh, look at our website to get all the details about these amazing programs coming up this month. Uh, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, social media. Uh, link up with us because we're going and growing to great places together as a community. All right. Now I want to thank both of you, both of you, Lanisha, and also Hiawatha, thank both of you and much success to you. And as long as you guys are doing something and Hayward and I are here, go. you will be on the air, okay? Right. Thank we you appreciate what you're doing. We appreciate thank you, you very much. so My much. Pleasure. All right, now I'll, talk, I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Right, okay, we got quite a few things to talk about, Hayward. First of all, uh, uh, State Representative Eric Pettigrew is retiring from the state legislature. He's going to be with, I guess, the new hockey club. Uh, there's an article on the front page of the Seattle Medium uh, from yesterday, and then also uh, a shout-out of condolences to quite a few people that I know. Yeah. Uh, I definitely got to give them a shout-out. First of all, Mrs. Petrie is on the front page of the mm -hmm. Facts and the Medium, and uh, I know the Petrie family. Uh, she will be funeralized Saturday, February 8th, uh, and that will be at uh, uh, 
1230 at, uh, am I reading this right? At St. Mary's. Uh, then also a longtime friend of mine, Johnny Malone, passed away. I hadn't seen him in a while. I had no idea he was sick, but Johnny Malone has passed away. And then my brother Reggie Rise, one of his very best friends, uh, Wesley Back, has passed away. And uh, his, he'll be funeralized uh, next Saturday, the 15th. Uh, we'll have uh, Bishop Reggie Witherspoon on soon. Uh, he has a big event coming up next month. We'll make sure we talk to him. And uh, Hayward, we have uh, something coming up at the, the park on the 17th, oh, yeah, yeah. the Northwest. Well, first of all, it's African-American Legislative Day on uh, February 17th. We'll have some people talking about that. want to give a shout-out to uh, Deborah Interman. She's still doing her job. Absolutely. She just passed the building of students uh, with unpaid fines relief. And then we have to get Kendrick Stewart in. He's been named as Deputy Director of the Washington State Department of Commerce. That's on the second page of the medium this week. Uh, then we got World Cancer Day. That'll be Saturday uh, from 1 to 7. Uh, it will be at Langston Hughes uh, on uh, Saturday 8th. Uh, so anybody that's supporting uh, cancer research, uh, please uh, make sure you go by or send a donation. And also, you know, the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, in partnership with the McKinney Coalition and the African American Legislative Day Committee, will be hosting the second annual Martin Luther King Park tree lighting ceremony in honor of Black History Month. This is going to be after the Legislative Day in Olympia. They're going to meet back in Martin Luther King Park at a 4.30, and it's an absolutely fantastic program featuring Reverend Dr. Manaway, Reverend Dr. Jeffries, and a lot of other people, some beautiful singing. That one young lady, I can't think of her name, I know her last name is Wright, who sang at the Seattle Martin Luther King Festival in the gymnasium. She's going to be singing uh, for, for us. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic event. Monday the 17th, 4.30, Martin Luther King Park. I'm going to light up the park for Black History Month. Okay, so uh, we'll take a break and come back with uh, Dr. Georgia McDade after this. Step up your commute and ride light. Sound Transit's new Capitol Hill and University of Washington Link Light Rail stations are now open. Get around town faster and more reliably than ever. Ride now from the University of Washington to Capitol Hill in just four minutes or continue on to Westlake Station in just eight minutes. Find lots of helpful information on how to ride, how to get an ORCA card, and more at ulink2016.org. Link Light Rail. More stations, more places. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Okay, Eddie Ryan, Hayward Evans back at Urban Forum Northwest. Our next guest is Dr. George McDade. I don't know if you were the president of the Southern University Alumni Association of Future Sound chapter, doctor. I was for I don't know how many years, but Cleo Brooks is the president now. Okay, Cleo Brooks. As a matter of fact, Cleo's mother and my first cousin were roommates at Southern University. <laughs> all the Rise and Andersons, <laughs> all the Rise and Andersons went to Southern University, and all of our fathers were Pullman porters. Oh my! And uh, uh, the other two uncles were veterans, but because my dad was a Pullman porter, he was essential for transportation, right. so he didn't have to go actually go to the war. So I just wanted to say that uh, we I have a lot of a great deal of affinity for Southern University. As a matter well, of fact, I always my, like hearing about the Pullman porters. My uh, my adopted it. granddaughter Niasha Marari is a freshman at Southern University right now, and she's real fortunate because. One of the state representatives in Baton Rouge is Ted James, 
who is a good friend of Angela Rice. So she got My somebody goodness. to look out for her and also to hold her accountable. Connections, connections, That's connections. it, that's it. So the Southern University uh, alumni chapter at Puget Sound, why don't you give us a little background information on that and then go and let us know what, what's happening with Saturday from 7 to 10. We were founded in 1972. So that means we've been around for quite a few years here, almost 48 years. This is the 48th year. Mm -hmm. And the second year we decided, well, we knew we wanted to have scholarships. And the second year we started having the champagne sip of what we sometimes just call our scholarship fundraiser. And it has evolved over the years. So now we have champagne, and I do not mind admitting that we drink more punch than we do champagne. Say, call Uber. <laughs> if you do, call Uber. <laughs> and we have uh, uh, an auction. And this year, at, well, several years now, we've had a purse auction. And what everybody doesn't always know, but I'm willing to tell now, is that the purses almost always have items in them, such as gift cards or Buddy. Seahawk memorabilia, all kinds of prizes. And remember, all of the money goes to our scholarship fund. So we're going to have this auction, and we are also having a live auction. A person can win a, a Valentine basket, a Louisiana-themed gift basket, or I think this year we're going to have a 50-inch television also. And for the people who love to dance, we have some line dances and oldies but goodies and whatever the latest dance craze is, I can assure you, Cleo uh, and some of the younger members and a few of the older ones. I can get down. <laughs> <laughs> and this year, because the HBCUs are beginning an organization, they had a meeting, I think, about two weeks ago. I was fortunate enough to attend. And so our special guests will be alumni from other HBCUs, and there are quite a few of us here mm -hmm. in the area. So we're just looking forward to having a wonderful time. Well, oh, and I want to tell you, too, that over the years we have given away more than $100,000 in scholarships to young people who live in this area, and a number of them we've supported for four years, not great. just a one-time scholarship, but uh, four years worth of scholarship. Well, Dr. McDade, since you mentioned that, I want to let you know that uh, 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 the uh, uh, exec director or president of NAFIO, National Association for Equal Opportunity in Higher Education, uh, Dr. Leslie Baskerville, recruited me to support the Future Act, along with Mark Moriel and a whole bunch of people more distinguished than me. But anyway, the Future Act has been funded, yeah. and it provides uh, $255 million a year for 10 years to not only HBCUs but other minority universities of higher higher ed, uh, education. Oh, so, I have to. I yeah, have to get the, more information. And I'm gonna send you. A, I'm gonna send you a copy of it with my name and Eddie Ryan, Washington State Civil Rights Coalition, along with other folks. So that was passed. So uh, I'm gonna send that to the United Negro College Fund because uh, we're gonna have uh, Linda Thompson Black on uh, fairly soon because they got an event coming up on the 22nd. Oh, this is this is wonderful. Whenever I'm gonna send it to you too. Reparations to me. I always say. The HBCUs always say education. That's it. You know, Dr. McDay, for me, too, when the HBCUs have just signed an agreement with the Africa Union University to start doing exchange, student exchanges. So I'm so proud of that because it's about trade. This is about money. They have the resources. We have the knowledge. 
put those two groups together, very, very powerful. What's coming Sounds down the good to me. Okay, once again, the Southern, uh, I mean, the Southern University uh, Alumni Chapter of Puget Sound, Dr. Medave, will be doing line dancing and raising money Uh-oh. for the HBCUs. Wait, uh, raising money at this time for only one. Southern University. <laughs> Southern University. My cousin's, my cousin's uh, alma mater. Three campuses and a law school okay. <laughs> in Louisiana. Now, yes. you, now you're going to be doing a little singing, I heard. Are you going to be singing? No, I won't be singing. Oh, okay. No, no, okay. no. I'm, I'm a speaker, not a singer. <laughs> okay, so that's at the Lakewood Community Center Saturday Lakewood Community from Center. 7 to 10. And Lakewood is right on 50th and what? Um, Alaska? Alaska. Angela. Angeline. 15th Angeline. Okay. So anyway, and uh, doctor, can they send money if they can't attend? Oh, please, please. We'll always take money. And a number of us are members of various churches. So just we'll take all donations. Okay. We Where can they send get them? enough money. And Where there are they... always people who need money to go to school. Where can they send the money? Um, to uh, the alumni, the Southern University alumni, uh, care of uh, Staple Haynes. He's our treasurer and has okay. been for a number of years. Okay. Um, I don't know if I should get his address. <laughs> oh, that's all right. No, we'll 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 work, we'll yeah, work that out. Yeah, they can send it to you. Yeah, we'll and work I that can out. Get okay. It to all them. right. Okay. okay, Dr. McDay, thank you very but much. Thank you, thank you for giving us this opportunity, and I look forward to seeing everybody Saturday night at seven. Thank all you right. very much. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Before we go, I want to let you know that Urban Forum Northwest is brought to you by the Port of Seattle's Diversity contracting uh, and uh, labor compliance office with Leslie Jones at the, in charge, Sound Transfer Small Business Development, oh, I've said that already, Small Business Development Labor Compliance Office, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office with me and Rice, the City of Sales Purchase Construction Services Office, Liz Alzier, Concourse Concessions, Dave Fukuhara, SeaTac Bar Group, LLC, Rod O'Neill and Jesse Whit, uh, uh, Jerry Whitsett, Stephanie Ogle maintains our website, which is at urbanformnw.com. It also has uh, 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 programs that we've had, the archive programs, if there's somebody that you missed. Uh, we will be talking next week to Sade Moore, the new, uh, well, she's reelected, re-elected is, yes. uh, is the, the uh, chair of the CLMLK Organizing Coalition. And uh, Hayward, let's see, I want to also congratulate Claude Burfitt. Claude has been elected president of the Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion, and, inclusion. and he's also the first vice president of uh, the NAACP. Yes. And we got to try to get Carolyn Riley Payne in next week for an update on what's happening at Kennedy High School with the black students. Absolutely. So this has been Hayward Evans and Eddie Wright with another edition of Urban Forum Northwest. We'll talk at you again next Thursday. Thank you, Eric.